Welcome to the Gut Doctor Podcast, where Dr. Neil Parikh describes GI disorders and answers common questions related to the GI tract. Please note this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Gut Doctor Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Parikh. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with Stephanie Gord, a physician's assistant with CTGI. Prior to joining CTGI, PA Gord did obesity management for five years. Stephanie is going to update us on the pharmacologic therapies for weight loss. Of course, as we've chatted before, diet and lifestyle are the, the crux of obesity management. And you've heard that you know, on our food as medicine series and, and speaking with different dietitians. But today we were going to focus solely on pharmaceuticals, weight loss pharmaceuticals. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. There's so many medications that can be used to help in weight loss, and I'm excited to share them with you. Great. So before we get into specific therapeutic agents, when as gastroenterology providers, should we start thinking about drug therapy? So whenever we talk to patients in the office, more times than not, weight gain, inability to lose weight and keeping it off comes up. And that's because losing weight is so hard. For years, we've been under the impression that in order to lose weight, you need to have less calories in than calories out. But what we fail to realize is that other factors are involved in the weight loss process. Things like our metabolism, hunger, fullness hormones, medications that we may be on for other conditions, and genetics also play a role. So when I have a patient who's tried losing weight, adjusted their diet, started an exercise program, and still have not seen any results, I wonder what else might be going on that's hindering their weight loss. And that's when weight loss medications may be useful. So currently, indications for weight loss medication include a patient with a BMI greater than or equal to 30 without any comorbidities, or a patient with a BMI greater than or equal to 27 with comorbidities such as diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or other things that may accompany obesity. So right now, the recommendation is that these medications are used in conjunction with a weight loss program, having dietary changes and physical activity recommendations. So once I decide with a patient that they may benefit from weight loss medications, I ask myself these questions. The first one is safety. Which medications are not safe for this patient? Which medications will help the patient lose weight and possibly treat other health problems? And finally, which medications will target the most likely cause of weight gain in these patients? Wow, what a great introduction. I feel like I'm writing things down right now as, as you go over them. So to reiterate, multiple factors involved in obesity and weight loss. We can consider weight loss pharmacotherapy in patients with a BMI greater than 30 or a BMI greater than 27 with comorbidities. Uh, and then I love these questions that, you know, that hone in on the contraindications and adjunct benefits. So let's talk about a few popular drugs, starting with, um, let's start with metformin, you know, since that's probably what most of our audience is familiar with, uh, as it's a common agent for diabetes. Is metformin your typical first line? And if so, what situations would you avoid metformin in? So interestingly, metformin is actually an off-label medication to be used for obesity management. And essentially that means that the medication was initially indicated for something else, so reducing blood sugar levels in diabetics, but it may also lead to weight loss. 
Metformin itself works by decreasing hepatic liver function, liver production of glucose. It also decreases intestinal absorption of glucose and improves insulin sensitivity. So with all of that combination, it does aid in weight loss. However, metformin should be avoided in patients with acute or chronic kidney dysfunction, but otherwise it's a relatively safe medication, especially for cardiac patients. Oh, good to know. So metformin is off-label. So let's talk about, I guess, the on-label or FDA-approved options, starting with fentramine. So fentramine was one of the first weight loss medications ever approved by the FDA. And it's a norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor that works as an appetite suppressant. So this can be great for patients who say, I have an insatiable hunger, I'm always hungry, snacking, needing large portions, often to feel satisfied. This medication comes in three doses and can be adjusted based on patient's response. Because it is technically a stimulant, we need to worry about its cardiovascular effects, and it should not be used in patients with uncontrolled high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, seizures, or uncontrolled anxiety. All right, so the take-home point there is to avoid in most patients with cardiac comorbidities, seizures, and anxiety. Um, how about the naltrexone-based choices? Uh, there's naltrexone alone, and obviously there's also naltrexone-bupropion combo. Yeah, so what's interesting is naltrexone had been used in the past to cut alcohol cravings, and that's because it works as an opioid receptor agonist. So what we found is that the same receptors that have you crave alcohol can also actually have you crave sugar, sweets, and so forth. So alone, it's used off-label for weight management. Patients who describe these cravings, especially for sweets, maybe emotional eating, do particularly well with naltrexone. And then, as you said, it's also been paired with bupropion. Bupropion is a dopamine and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor. Together, it's thought to cut hunger cues and control cravings. But contraindications of these medications, again, include uncontrolled hypertension, seizures, regular opioid use, or recent abrupt discontinuation of alcohol, or the use of MAOIs. Bupropion. I think I, I think I destroyed the name when I said it earlier. So bupropion. Um, emotional eating. I think I, I remember when after the Patriots lost one of the Super Bowls, I was definitely emotionally eating. Um, right. <laughs> so then there is the daily injection. Uh, I'm going to say this correctly. Liraglutide. Is that correct? So liraglutide. And oh, um, this was liraglutide. A, I'm struggling. Yeah, so this was a game changer for the weight loss medicine world. And liraglutide works as a GLP-1 agonist. GLP-1 is a hormone in our body released from our gut, and it essentially regulates your hunger. So it works by delaying gastric emptying. Food stays in your stomach longer. You get full quicker. You feel full longer, and therefore you end up eating less. Behind the scenes, though, this medication activates GLP-1 receptors in the pancreas, which leads to enhanced insulin resistance, increasing insulin sensitivity, and reduced glucagon release. So I like to use this medication in patients who may have gained weight due to medication side effects, such as prednisone, insulin, hormonal changes such as PCOS or menopause, as well as those who find themselves overeating. So that's interesting. You know, I feel like in GI, I've spent years trying to combat slow gastric emptying. And now we're talking about medication that intentionally induces delayed emptying. Uh, but yeah, and, uh, I would imagine a mechanism to get full quicker and stay full longer would clearly be an effective weight loss strategy. Uh, so I think that brings, on, brings us on to, I, I guess, the newest kid on the block, uh, semaglutide. Uh, again, I'm yes. not sure. And that's an oral and injectable version, correct? 
Yep. So semaglutide works similarly to liraglutide and are very effective for weight loss. So patients who are wary about injectable medications may prefer this because it's a once weekly injection as opposed to a once daily injection. Um, and it's also available orally, like you said. So patients who don't want to do any injections at all can, can take the oral route. Stephanie, uh, thank you so much. Um, this was very informative. Obviously, there's a lot for all of us to digest and learn. Uh, I feel like I wrote a lot of things down. I also got to learn all the names properly. Uh, I'm definitely going to listen to this episode again. Um, I think to our listeners, I hope this was helpful. Obesity management is an ever-evolving field, but one that is absolutely critical for us as society. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Gut Doctor Podcast. For additional information about today's topic, please visit ConnecticutGI.org. Your feedback is important to us, so please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Gut Doctor, and if you think you may need to see a gastroenterologist, just trust your gut.